Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The drive is safe. Davey Johnson's going to fight him and Matt McKeldin for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And it is the driver's seat right across Australia here on the SEN Network. My name is Nim Sizor, joined as always by Matt McKeldin. I underline that phrase as always uh, because Stevie J is, where is he gallivanting? Is it Shell V Power Motorsport Park again? Kiora, uh, yes, he is. He's at um, he's at Taylor Bend doing some driver training. I guess I suppose it would probably be with Porsche or Audi or VW or something. So yes, yeah, Stevie J's down there again. So it's just you and me. We are going to call into Stevie J and have a check in to make sure he's still living. Discuss, of course, TCM uh, from the weekend and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's a bit weird. This is kind of like the third week. He was not here, and then I was not here, and then he's not here again. It must be middle of the year thing, Nimsy. But you are rock solid. You are always here. You are the dependable. I don't know about dependable, but I am here. But um, anyway, you're cold. <laughs> Uh, have no. you got a? You haven't got a dose of the Rona again, have you? Absolutely not. I can guarantee Good. you it is not. not a... Coronavirus! But um, uh, <laughs> as always, if you would like to get in touch, get your text messages coming through. 0433 98 11 16. Now, when we put uh, on our socials today, Maddie, who mm-hmm. our guest was going to be, at Driver's mm. Seat Show. On the Facebook. Is where you can find us. It mm-hmm. absolutely went off because there's been a lot of news happening in the past week. It's only Wednesday. But my, oh my, it has been chock-a-block. There, it's been called by one of our listeners the Chook, the chook, chook Lotto. Lotto. Yeah, yeah. Do mm. I win a Chook? chook? No, you don't. <laughs> um, but we thought, look, rather than going to room and innuendo and all this bloody mm. scuttlebutt that uh, is happening on you know Reddit and all these forums, we thought we would go to the man that is the absolute authority. In fact, someone on our Facebook page commented, that he is the top step when it comes to motorsport journalists. But, uh, Couldn't might, agree more. Exactly. And you might mm. know him as the co-host on the award-winning Castrol Motorsport News podcast with Stefan Bartholomeus. It's part of the V8 Sleuths family of podcasts. He's also an award-winning journo in his primary role as Australian editor of motorsport.com. Plus, he's also one of WA's finest exports since Garth Tander, Chicken Treat, and Heath Ledger. So welcome back to the <laughs> and, driver's And seat. before oh. you introduce him, might I say... Yeah. Quite the adept Formula Ford, WA Formula <laughs> Ford championship driver. He's one of the rare journos that has actually pulled on a helmet and had a crack on track rather than just one of the scribes from the back room uh, with all the expert comments. He is he is one of us. He is a driver, Nimsy, so there you go. I don't know. You're, you're being very generous when you include me in that us part <laughs> of drivers. But um, <laughs> please welcome back to the driver's seat, the one and only Andrew Van Leeuwen. G'day, guys. <laughs> WA's yeah, own Andrew Van Leeuwen. That's me. That, I'm not quite an export because I'm actually standing here and uh, in Fremantle right now, so I'm uh, I'm still actually here. 
Oh, there you go. In Fremantle. Yeah. Is that is that where the, the Van Leeuwen mansion is? Or is are you on assignment? Or what are you doing? Uh, I think we call it an estate normally. No, no, it's uh this is this is um this is where I live. This is where I live. It's definitely not a mansion. It's a uh, it's a very nice old cottage in a beautiful part of Freya. Very oh, nice. There you beautiful go. There you go. There you go. And and the the reality is like all um those that work in motorsport, particularly in journal- journalism, it would be your second home. Your first home would of course be the hotels around every racetrack around Australia. And mate, you visited them all and you've had a huge week, I reckon, down in Tail and Bend because uh whilst the racing was perhaps somewhat pedestrian, I reckon the the walkway between the garages <laughs> at the back of Pit Lane, she was on fire. There is so much happening. It was crazy. It was honestly crazy. I don't, you know, we've had some pretty newsy weekends this year. Newcastle 500 was obviously just insane with everything that happened there. But yeah, this weekend was definitely right up there with just, just head spinning. You know, you don't know where things are going to land, everything up in the air. And just some, just some really surprising things, you know, like, well, I'm sure we're going to get onto it all, but like the Richie Stanaway story, just surprising things that are kind of cool. But when you hear it, you think that can't. That's not right, right? That's not actually what they're going to do. I'm glad mm. they're doing it, but that's not it. You know, just one of those weekends of just really chasing some proper news and having a whole lot of fun with it. You know, the Richie Stanaway thing for me was a little bit like, you know, those street performers that do the ping pong ball with the beer cups and it's like, you know, here, here, there, and, and it's all sleight of hand and don't look over here because for the last, mm. I don't know, up until Brown was announced at Triple Eight, we were all going, oh, you know, it could be a Stanaway thing, you know, it could be his way back in, all that kind of stuff. No one picked Richie Stanaway to be heading back to Penrite Racing full time. I mean, I, I didn't pick it and I don't know too many others that did. Um, I did pick it, luckily, because I got the break news, but it did but very late, like last Thursday, mm, you know. Yeah, you're yeah. You're right yeah. in that it really felt like if Richie was going to get another full-time opportunity, it was going to come at Triple Eight. Um, mm. And he even said, you know, I spoke to him when the Triple Eight deal was announced, and he said, like, this is going to make it hard to pursue a full-time deal because it's such a good gig. You know, if you're an enduro driver at Triple Eight, you know, are you really going to throw that away to go and drive? down at the back of the grid and he's kind of got some experience with doing that and it obviously didn't work out very well so I think it's really commendable that he has decided to look for an opportunity elsewhere I mean he's going to triple eight south basically but um it's kind of like I, I like the idea that he has he obviously just is in a mind frame where he wants to be back there and I think we could see it at Bathurst last year that he is a changed man compared to the guy that walked away from the sport at the end of 2019 he is so outrageously fast that bloke oh when he's when he's on, he is ridiculously talented. He will hopefully, if he's dedicated and committed, just be an incredible addition to the grid at a time where we're about, where we're about to lose our sort of flagship driver. Mm. Um, so it's just a it, it's a very unexpected signing. I, I sort of thought they might go for like a JC type for a stopgap and then look to go into the market in 2024 silly season for 2025. But mm. I just love the fact they've done this. I love the, however it goes. I just think it's it, it's an amazing roll of the dice from Groves and good on them for doing it. Aviel, an important fact of Richie coming back to, it's not a, because obviously with um, Dave leaving, now it's all up in the air, what's going to happen with Penrite and whatnot. This isn't like a pay deal. He's not bringing sponsorship with him. Boost has got nothing to do with this. They've just literally picked Richie on the merits of his driving, haven't they? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the Groves do march the beat of their own drum to some extent. They really, um, 
they put a high value on experience in Europe and experience in the GT program. That's obviously their world. That's where that's where they come from. Steve Brenton have had a heap of success in, in Porsche and GT racing. Um, so I think they see that experience that Richie has in Europe um, and has in the GT system as a factory Aston Martin driver, and that is attractive to them. And I just... I just like the fact they're not set in their ways and worried about. Obviously, he had some baggage last time. It really just, mm. it really just didn't work out. But they can look through that and go right. You know, let's look at what he did at Bathurst last year in qualifying. You know, let's look at what he did at Bathurst in what was it, 2018 uh, or yep. sorry, 2017 when he was paired with Cam Waters in the wet at Bathurst. What he did at Sandown. Mm. You know, the guy has got the X factor. So let's let's prioritise that. Let's prioritise the fact he is just ridiculously fast and we'll try and manage all the off-track stuff and get his head in the... Like, we'll back ourselves to get that part of it right, you know, at the same time. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just a great signing. You can you can manage it's it's very hard to manage speed. You can protect, you can potentially get someone to speed up a little bit, or sometimes you need someone to slow back a little bit. The off-track stuff and the sponsorship stuff that's man management. And if you're really good at man management and staff management, you should be able to work on all that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. The one question I had that I thought about during the week, obviously Triple Eight are running Chevs, Grove are running Mustangs. We call it and we laugh about it being Triple Eight of the South because it's got so many of the staff members and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But do you reckon Triple Eight are relatively comfortable keeping him in as an endurance driver now, knowing that he's going from a Chev team to a Ford team, even though in the Ford background are those weird rumours that uh, Grove might be turning from Ford to, to Chev. Do you reckon they're a bit more comfortable about that because they are at this stage, although very close, they're still different cars? I think so. Look, I, I don't think you can look at it like that. I think you've got to go, particularly now where the cars are so similar. You know, I mean, I guess Richie might is going to learn a bit about where they're mounting uprights and all that sort of stuff. Um, on those cars. But again, right now, if the Groves are running forwards next year, that's not necessarily going to translate directly anyway. But, mm. you know, you could say that about any driver. Any driver's going to take what they know somewhere else. Um, I think Triple Eight would always back themselves to just be Triple Eight and to, yep. to not have to be too concerned about who's going to take what. I think if he was a technical person um, who had access and had spent, um, you know, the whole year staring at those squiggly lines and knowing exactly what was working and what wasn't, then they might be concerned. And I think if they were four tenths down the road from everyone, they might be concerned as well. But I think their concern at the moment is probably on trying to um, trying to catch up to Erebus rather than worrying about what Richie might take to Groves next year. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. Hey, can we talk Matt Stone Racing for just a second? Um, mm. That was, of course, the, the really big yeah, – uh, another one of the big Erebus, gets was yeah. that JLB <laughs> went across to Erebus, which was, I mean, a bit of a surprise, but not really because he had a lot of his junior career there. He was part of their junior development program. There's a known relationship there. And, in fact, if you look down the list of which, of the top ten of which drivers are available for next year, he's the fastest guy and he's the first one available. So, of course, why wouldn't you pick JLB? Um, so a really good get for them. But what what are we what are we thinking about the JLB seat? Because we know that Nick Perkat's now out of a drive. We know that Scotty Pye is essentially all but out of a drive, even though it hasn't been announced yet. Um, uh, who do we think is going to fit that? Is it going to be Courtney as well that we think is going to be out of a drive? What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, Courtney is. Oh, sorry, Courtney's not going to be out of a drive, and that's that's quite an important point. Like. It's just a massive testament to that bloke that in 43 years of age or 42 that he is he will land somewhere because he is commercially savvy and that's not 
you know, remember, unless your mum or dad's paying for it, you're not a pay driver. If you go out there and get sponsors mm. that want to follow you around, that is a commendable thing to be doing. Um, and he's fast. So he's at the top of, you know, I believe he's at the top of the wish list at MSR. And he's at the top of the wish list for BRT as well, um, because I think that Todd Hazelwood is on pretty shaky ground. Both those teams want someone experienced. They want a race winner. They both, you know, MSR is shopping around a race winning seat. You know, Jack LeBrock won a race this year. Mm. Um, they have proven to be a speedy team. There's been Ken Hill shown some great signs of speed at certain circuits where MSR does well. Um, so, you know, they've actually got, they've got something to shop around. They need to go to market for a sponsor. Truck Assist, from, from what we understand, won't be there next year. So they do need to be shopping around for a sponsor. And someone like James Courtney is the ideal person to bring some backing and then be able to take to market to get more backing. So mm. I think he's in the frame there. I feel like he's probably slightly... BRT is probably the slight favourite to land um, his services, but I think they're both in the frame. And then I think after after James for MSR, I think you've got Scott Pye and Nick Burkett right in the mix as well. That, that That's the sort of driver they want. They want someone to basically come in and pick up where Jack has left off. Nick needs a bit of rebuilding. We've seen him really struggle, um, you know, during his couple mm. of years at WAU. He's sort mm-hmm. of in a very Daniel Ricciardo-style situation at McLaren. Yeah. Um, but the guy's class. Like, he's a class driver. He's proven that before. Um, if he can get his head right, you know, he walked into Chaz Mostert and Adam DeBore's team, and he's kind of limped out of it. Like, it just has not gone well for him. But I think if he goes, we saw how he excelled at BJR in that family team environment where he's the clear lead driver. He'll get what he needs. He'll get the support he needs. You know, I, I could see him going to MSR and doing a really good job as well. So, you know, I think, I think there's actually some... You know, they've been, they're sort of just collateral damage, MSR, mm. really, in terms of the driver market, because they, you know, two weeks ago, Matt thought he was fine and they were going to re sign Jack and life was good. They've been swept up in other people's dramas, um, but they're kind of the, it's kind of a, a really good seat that's on offer. And I think they've, I think, yeah, they've got some good options. If I'm Courtney, like, I'm a, I'm a 50 year old bloke and Courtney's 43. If I'm Courtney mm. right now and I'm Courtney's management, I'm looking at Blanchards and I'm looking at MSR. I've got to say, I don't know why I would even be contemplating uh, Blanchards. I, I, this is not a crack at Blanchards, but these two teams are now at very different stages of their, of their development. Blanchards is still young-ish. Um, they don't have essentially an engineer. Um, they've had a lot of staff leave. They're in a building phase. MSR, I kind of feel, are... Uh, the team now that, you know, even with Jack LeBrock, I'd have been looking at it going, well, you know, do I, am I going to be a clear number one at MSR? Am I going to go to Erebus? And I'm going to Brody's team. I look at where where JC is now and I go, I'm 43 years of age, so I've probably got two to three years of full-time driving left. What is a happy race driver? A happy race driver is when they're a number one. We've all got egos. We love to be a number one driver. I reckon going to MSR as a number one driver with some collateral, with some commercial collateral and clout there. He's a Queenslander. His family's here in Queensland. And more to the point of that, as he gets to the age of 45 or 46 or whatever he decides when he starts to slow and decides to to, to want to jump out, he is the, and MSR are the next perfect opportunity, I think, for me to do a wild card. And so therefore, JC's got a walk-up start to go, not unlike Craig Lowndes, the evergreen Craig Lowndes, to go on and be a mentor to the younger drivers, a mentor to the team, and finish out his career and a really nice place at MSR. 
I don't think he needs to bring money to either of them. I think he's going to get paid, but he could actually bring some money and some wedge if he wanted to to bolster payment. I just, if I'm a race driver, I am not contemplating uh, Blanchard's and I'm I'm boots in at MSR for mine. That's that's the way as a 50 year old I look at it. Yeah, look, I think that uh, you make a bunch of really good points there, and it sounds like I don't know if Matt Stone sent you that script to send, but that's what I've been telling James <laughs> as well. I mean, no, 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 that, that was that just make, me thinking that, about that it. Would, that would make uh, that would make sense, and I think they're all super valid points. I guess the other thing is when you look at a driver at 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 the at the point in their career that James is at is that you, I guess, he's going to want to maximise what he's uh, what he is actually earning. Yeah. Um, so that might come into it. There could be some considerations, and I, I don't want to say too much here because I don't know, and it's we're speculating that commercial stuff, it's dicey. But you know, how is the um, how is that backing that he may have? You know, the backing that's on sure. his car right now. How is that tied yep. up? How how is that being shopped around? Is that yep. all him? Is that part Tickford? Would they yep. like to see it go to one team over the other? I think they're all things that that need to be sort of considered. So look, the talk is that he's the favourite. He would be the clear um, number one at. Yeah. BRT. What they want to do is have Aaron Love in the second car. They're very nervous about having him in a single car team, rolling out for a rookie for a, uh, for a rookie season. <laughs> Don't um, lose your track while you while you're telling Junior uh, AVL to quiet down in the background. There, it's that's all good. Exactly what I was doing. They just came out. They just both came out. The five year old, the three year old just came out. Uh, and oh, that's so to, funny. Trying to, trying to calm him down. Um, um, yeah, yeah. What was I saying? Yeah, so um, you know, yeah. he would obviously be the clear number one. Yeah, BRT want Aaron Love in a car next year. They need the two cars to do it. I yep. think they'll have a big swing at signing James, knowing that if they do end up at one car, as unlikely as that is, he's a good guy to have in the car. And if they can go to two, he'll be a great guy to mentor Aaron and, and get him up to speed. But in terms of the team structure and competitiveness, like I, I think everything you said there is 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 spot on. You know, it, MSR is actually it's a well functioning team at the moment, and yeah, that's a competitive yeah. seat. And and that's where I think if you're any like you know, if I if I'm Scott Pye or Nick Burkett, I'm going, hey, if I can get in there, oh. there's no reason why I can't go out there and stick it on pole and Darwin next year and drive away from the field like Jack did. Yeah. You know, and, well, yeah, exactly. Happen. And hasn't that been hasn't the the performance of JLB been both really good for JLB, but also good for Matt Stone Racing because Matt Stone Racing two years ago was a question mark. It was probably respectfully where you'd want to start your career, but not necessarily where you would want to be. You'd be looking to a, for a performance gain. But right now, JLB and the team and all the engineers have dragged that thing up the front. And so now JLB, uh, now uh, MSR with J, with uh, Courtney and Pi and Percat are going, hello, oh, this is a plum seat. This is a ripper. No, no, he's you know Matt's in a position where people will actually be fighting over that seat, and I'm yeah. sure he's, I'm sure Todd Hazel was going to call him at some point and say, "Hey, why don't we go threesies as well?" Um, because <laughs> you know you it's, do a, it, it's a good it's it's well, I mean, I guess I guess how many times you know you sort Third of go, time lucky this, that doesn't doesn't really work, but look, I'm sure you know if they just want that experienced pair of hands, I'm sure he's on the list somewhere, but. Um, it is. They are in a position where you know they actually look like a really good race team uh, at the moment. I think they put a lot of focus in Gen Three, a bit like what Erebus did, where they kind of went, "Here's our chance, but mm. let's make sure we really take it." Um, and you know they've, they've just had some great results this year. Bit, they struggled a bit at the bend. I think you're always going to get that, but it certainly um, seems like. And, and what I do really like is the fact that Maddie's talking about wanting race-winning drivers and not just going, "Oh, well, we need." We're going to lose our sponsor. Let's just get someone yep. who can 
bring some cash in the door. Like they're back in their commercial department. They're going, no, no, let's go get the guy we think can do the job that Jack's been doing for us. And let's, let's back the guys that we're paying to, to, to commercialize this whole team to go out there and, and sell that dream to the people that are going to pay the bills. And that's, that's the sign of a race team trying to be a proper race team. Aviel, we won't keep you too long, but before we let you go, mate, uh, on the topic, we're talking about James Courtney like he's straight out the door at Tickford. He's still got the seat there. However, all that, all the talk about uh, Tickford downsizing to two cars next year, you know, the writing's pretty much on the wall. But uh, Tickford are once again in that uh, scenario of uh, having more drivers than seats available. So what is the what are they going to do here? Because obviously you've got uh, Cam Waters, who seems to be pretty ingrained to that team, and that is basically his team. Like, Campbellfield's basically his. Tommy Randall would probably be, after, especially after the weekend at the Bend, mm. he'd be putting his hand up going, yep, I'm in for number two. But where does that leave uh, Declan Fraser? And and also, the other really awkward question is, what's what on earth is happening with Zach Best? Because he seems to have almost been put in a witness protection uh, at the moment. <laughs> yeah, look, I think Zach's probably at this point, unless a major surprise is sprung and let me tell you, I would not actually be surprised of anything anymore because it's just been one of those silly seasons. But um, I, I feel like he's probably going to miss out at this point. I think that um, I think you know the tick for downsizing is a thing that's happening. I think we should just chalk that up as you know it's going to yeah. go ahead um, in in some way or, or other. So um, I, I would imagine that you know they're definitely going to keep Cam. They have fought hard to keep him. You know they had to pull some contractual strings to make sure he couldn't go anywhere. Um, he's kind of, from the conversations I've had with him, he's kind of happy enough with that because he does have ambitions overseas. And I don't know that he necessarily wants to start the journey of going to a new team and feeling like you need to commit to, you know, at least your two years or your three years to make the whole endeavour worthwhile. So I think that if he can sort of roll over single-year deals now, he's kind of happy enough with that. Um, I would imagine Tommy Randall stays. I think if you can fund that, that's what makes sense. So hopefully... You know, he's keeping sweet with Castro. Um, he's a pretty marketable sort of guy. You know, he's a pretty friendly dude to roll out to, to a sponsor group and, and keep him happy. So uh, Tickford as a two-car team will be a much better team. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Tickford as a two-car team with Cam Waters and Thomas Randall, that's a strong team. That's a competitive team. And mm-hmm. what I love about this silly season, the most critical part about this is that it's just played out so beautifully and that we're going to have these really strong teams next year. Like I'm excited about next season already because in an alternative world, Cam Waters would have signed with triple eight and there's probably the next five championships done, you know, like the best driver goes to the best team and to replace gears and, you know, or, or even if they'd gone up to Brody, you know, but I think that we're sort of the way it's playing out, you know, Will Brown and Brock Feeney there, that's just a tasty matchup. Like who knows how that's kind of going to go. I think Will's going to have his work cut out for him there. Cam, you know, Cam staying at Tickford, that's, that keeps Tickford in the game. If they slim back and concentrate on two cars, they're going to be competitive. Chaz, you know, Chaz could drive anything and he's going to be somewhere in the game. So there's WAU that are competitive. Brody at Erebus, I mean, look at that partnership, the way that fired on the weekend. Like, I think he's really... Incredible. I think he's sort of gone, hang on, this championship's mine now. Like, if yep. I, I just have to get to the end, Will's not a threat anymore. Yep. This is all me. So that that's absolutely firing. And I think he wants to check a bunch of stuff off his wish list so he can go overseas at some point. There's a bunch of really competitive... And then we talk about the other teams that have performed. You know, Andre at BJR and whoever ends up at MSR. And, you know, like, it's just... It's just really exciting looking ahead to next year. I think, uh, you know, if they can get on top of the parry thing, there's a whole bunch of teams and drivers that are going to be out there. 
you know, in, in the game to win races. Like, it's it, the Philly season could not have played out in a more kind of weirdly random but exciting way. Well, Avia, we've actually got some feedback here on our text line saying the quickest way to sort out parody is to just put Garth Tander in a Mustang and we'll see how he goes. So, well, we're about to see that. <laughs> we're about to see that yeah, at Grove. So, that, isn't that a uh, isn't that a great lineup for Bathurst? <laughs> I mean, it was always going to happen, but that is a fantastic lineup for uh, Bathurst, Garth and uh, Garth and Dave. That'll be a lot of fun. Those are just yep. that, those um that what's that the seat fitting that the pedal box moves now, isn't it? Because otherwise, no, no, yeah. Have you have you ever, have you have you actually seen that how it works? No, no, how, how, yeah, because between Davey and Garth. It's, 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 it's incredible. I was actually looking at it in the car um, in Sydney. It's like, um, it's just you pull a little lever and, the, and it, like, it's like doing it in your road car. Like, it's like moving your seat in your oh. road car, but the pedal box moves. It is the easiest thing in the world. It's quite amazing when you actually see it in action. So, see, Stevie yeah, J I wouldn't be able to do that because in his road cars, there's no handle or any of that. It's just electric. Just an electric pushback in his Euro seats, or no? Actually, I shouldn't say that. He drives a Ford, doesn't he? He drives a Lanham Ford uh, Ranger. Oh, so he still has electric seats, so he wouldn't know what the slide's all about. Yeah, there's also. I don't think there's a room for a cup holder for a Macca's McFlurry in a uh, Gen Three car. But um, uh, AVL, there isn't a Ranger. I can give you the strong tip because every time he arrives at the studio, he's got one. Yeah. Well, I do. I do like the fact you think you're going to get him on the phone out at Tail and Ben because there is no phone reception out there. So good luck with that later on in the show, anyway. Has that got a dose of the SMPs about it, uh, Taylor? Oh, Band? I didn't. I don't remember that. Absolutely horrible. No, it's a constant really? battle out that part of the world. So uh, right I was quite amused when you said, when you said at the top <laughs> that you're going to get him on the phone. I thought, yeah, good luck with that. Well, well, we better, we better run think... out that uh, Milo tin and string <laughs> as we speak now, Matty. Hey, ABL, you've been incredibly generous with your time, mate, especially since uh, you're actually technically on holidays too, so we appreciate you jumping on board. But uh, i got to say, literally, when we did, and you could check our socials yourself, mm. but our text line is just lit up, and we are very much riding on your coattails at the moment. So we appreciate you jumping on board, mate. No, I look forward to uh, listening to the rest of the show. There we go. Andrew Bailu enjoying us on the driver's seat. Matty, let's go, th- go through some of these texts. They're insane. Uh, g'day, guys. Been listening to your show via podcast for the past few years, but tonight I'm tuning in live. Thanks for the informative talk and great laughs. That's from Matty. Or is he saying that I give the great laughs, Matty? I don't know. Either way. But Matty, if it's you're a long time, if you're a long time first time, welcome to the family. We Indeed. say every week. Um, what have we got here? Oh, Matty Mack, do you still stand by Matt Payne leaving Groves and going overseas maybe at the end of the of next year? Yes, I do, Mark. Yep, I do. I, I think, yeah, I think he's... Um, that old Kiwi lineup, you don't think so? No, nah, yeah, I, I think, uh, I don't think it's got anything necessarily to do with Groves and or Supercars. I just think he's got overseas ambitions. And I think right now Groves perhaps suit him in that he's got... Um, He's got a good team around him. He's learning. He's young. He's fast. He can do all that sort of stuff, but he can take a resume overseas. And so, yeah, I, and not to, he's not one of the NASCAR uh, gurus. I think he's more European GT type driving. So, I mean, it could be wrong, Mark. I've been wrong before. I am married, don't forget. So I get told I'm wrong all the time. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I do still stand by that. I and mean, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Is it true that AVL flew over to Queensland to the DJR workshop to interview Anton de Pasquale about seat changes, including SVG to NASCAR and JLB, who some thought might go to BJR, but uh, but that DNQ. There's a, there's, there's a lot of there's a uh, whole lot of initials going yeah. on there. Um, uh, Graham, that was a weird one. 
And I'm sorry I didn't get to ask ABL that when he was too busy wrangling his uh, junior burger. Yeah, sorry there. about that. Because we, we 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 have got your text. No, not not about that. Because ABL did pre-warn me. I said, mate, yes, you obviously haven't listened to the show too yeah. much. If <laughs> you are right? He's been away for a few days, so his junior burger is going to want some dad time. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah. but um, but yeah, the, the texts that we've been getting in have been absolutely mega here at the moment. Uh, another one too. I should finish off with Jaden when and said about the uh, Garth in the Mustang. Hey. Mm. Lads, long-time listener and Ford supporter, surely the best way to determine if the parody is good is to wait until the Enduros to see how Garth goes in a Mustang. The last few years as a co-driver, GT has absolutely smoked him. If he's not the quickest co-driver again in a Stang, well, no, something isn't quite right. That's from Jaden in Murgon. Yes. Yeah, how about Rob the Ranger? Uh, the driver's seat has stepped up a notch with AVL and no janitor, i.e. Stevie J. That's a bit harsh. Well, a bit harsh. I mean, it might be accurate, but it doesn't mean it's not harsh. <laughs> Stevie Johnson having a couple of little adult beverages, enjoying the atmosphere. Well, hey, can we can we make sure that we get AVL on again, please, mate? He is just a ripper. Definitely. Uh, and, and, and you've got to listen to his podcast too. It's very good. And I'm not joking. If you did listen to the... Uh, to the Cashel Motorsport podcast, you know he's taking a couple of weeks off, so he's very graciously yes. uh, didn't even hesitate. Didn't even hesitate. Said love to, and uh, jumped on board the show. So we really, really did appreciate it. And I got to tell you, his his co-host um, is I, I I had the privilege of working with him years and years ago. Uh, he has like a photographic memory, is an and along with Aaron Noonan, is an absolute gem to the motorsport industry. Just unbelievable. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And there's a lot of, uh, there is a lot of motorsport podcasts out there and stuff like that, but that there is absolute top tier. So if you're not listening to the, the V8 Sleuths family podcast, including mm. the wonderful Castrol motorsport podcast, uh, motorsport news podcast, which comes out every Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, you might as well stick your head in the sand because <laughs> <laughs> there's only two you want to listen to. Let's be fair. Well, us you, could, you, and them. Could, you could listen to it on a Tuesday, then jump on with us on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's a nice for a companion. Laugh. And a giggle. Good companion face. Uh, Why not? Also, before we take a break, one from Greg in Upper Coomera. Matty, told you it was Chook Lotto silly season. Do I win oh, a no. Chook? Um, <laughs> Nimsy, cue the Benny Health theme. Yeah, you know what, Greg? I think I will. <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick We've break. made it. We've made it, Mimsy. I have always said to myself, if I ever appear on a show that runs the Benny Hill music, I'm almost retiring. Oh. That is absolute top shelf <laughs> right there. How good was Benny Hill? We'll be back. As a 12-year-old, how good was Benny Hill? <laughs> we'll be back with more of the driver's seat and hopefully Stephen Johnson right after yes. this. Uh, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. We are off and running. If you want to get in touch... That's where that music's coming from. My apologies. <laughs> if you would like to... Where, where's all this? Seamless. So many buttons. Jeez. <laughs> Just what I thought. Just what I thought we were going well. Um, mm. If you would like to get in touch, very easy to do so. 0433981116 is our number. Keep your text messages coming in. We'll be back with hopefully Stephen Johnson right after this. is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And welcome back to the driver's seat. I had a little chuckle at David Melton's message 
that he uh, sent through. Uh, oh, just to keep the pace, we'll we'll we, we'll keep that one to ourselves, though, Matty. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we uh, Dave, you're a legend, mate. Uh, yeah, keep um, up the good work, boys. Love but, the show, Dave. We yeah. love you as well, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't listen to the Rev Limiter podcast either. I'm oh, just, oh sorry. Oh, did I say? Oh, I, did, I shouldn't have said that. He's sorry. on everywhere in here, boys. Spot th- fires th- all over the place. I thought we were off, Mike. Jeez, <laughs> soz about that. Good um, on you, Dave, you're legend. <laughs> Now, remember, if you'd like to get in touch, very easy to do so. You can download the driver's seat app for your smartphone on the App Store and Google Play with full show podcast, interviews, news, and more. It is a must for motorsport fans. We had a big, heavy dose of news. And when it comes to news... Stevie mm. Johnson might have dropped this somewhere. Uh, well, Stevie J, the yeah. newsbreaker, he's an entrepreneur. Super, yeah, super intelligent bloke, though, too. He certainly is. And we've managed to get in touch with the great man himself because... Steve Johnson getting amongst it. So we've got to do this. It is that time where we delve into the power rankings. The driver's seat power rankings. Live direct from Shell V-Power Motorsport Park. It is the one and only Stephen Johnson. Hello, Stevie. How are you, brother? (laughs) Hello, fellas. It's so fitting to be here from Shell V-Power Motorsport Park on your show. <laughs> it's your show it's too, your show by too. the way. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I feel as though, I feel as though I'm a guest tonight because I'm not in uh, in the studio with you, Maddie. It's been weird, hasn't it, this last couple yeah. of weeks with you over there and me over there and here and there and everywhere. We, uh, I look, you're in the studio next week, aren't you? I am in the studio next week. I think yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, I had to think about that for a second. Yeah, I know. If if you are, mate, I entirely look forward to that. Um, we're going to jump into oh, and quickly. Thank you for all the heavy lifting last week while I was over in NZ. Um, no really appreciate appreciate your work there. Um, we're going to get into the power rankings in just a sec. Give me your power rankings from Taylor Bend on TCM. How did you go? Because it uh, looked on like a, it, yeah, it looked like a, obviously you know you've only got about two hundred and fifty revs in that car because <laughs> you weren't <laughs> you weren't right up the front there. But the racing was pretty good. Mate, the racing was uh, excellent. I had an absolute ball. Yes, I know we didn't win. I know it must sound odd that I'm saying that I had probably <laughs> some of the most fun that I've had for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. As much as it is really cool winning races when you're way out in front, um, sometimes you just miss a little bit of that fun, a little bit of that race class, a little bit of that stuff that I think that I may have learned over the last 25 years, which I had to put <laughs> into practice here um, last weekend. And you know what? Um, it reminded me of the days when I used to, when I first started racing in my Datsun 1600 as a youngster. Yep. When it had 250 horsepower total, and I was racing up against sports sedans with 600 plus at Lakeside, where they blast <laughs> past me down the straight, and I'd pass them all back through the corners, and then they'd blast past me down the straight again. So it sort of took me back to my childhood, to be honest, and um, I had an absolute ball for, for me. The racing, uh, young Joel Heinrich, who he didn't win the round because he had a, a bit of an average start and, and got pushed around a bit in race one and finished fourth. Um, he won race two and three. And because the point system is so close in TCM from first to second, I think it's only like four points different. So uh, right. Ryan Hansford had one win and two seconds. And that was enough to give him the round win over Heinrich, who had two firsts and one fourth. So... Um, uh, but having said that, you know, he, he did a great job. Um, Ryan Hansford did a great job. Even uh, in uh, 
Um, Andrew Fisher did a great job. We had Mark Kukanovic yeah. that had that XD flying as well. JB struggled a bit actually. He uh, he came to me asking me for tips, which I thought was very ironic. So wow, um, <laughs> yeah, but um, had an absolute ball. You know, just racing those guys wheel to wheel. Even put a couple of little tiny rubber marks on on Russell's <gasps> beautiful '69 Mustang, which I I was distraught by, and and he was just laughing. So I was very surprised. Um. Uh... Let me give – I won't ask you to explain it. I just want a yes or no answer. Uh, better to be on the supercar event or the normal category events that you're on. Was it better to be at a supercar event or not? Does it have to be a yes or no answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? You can dive in as hard as you want here because my opinion, I thought it was. I think it's where you deserve to be because the crowd loved it. Yeah. Yeah, the crowd did love it, and we do love coming to um, the selected uh, blue chip supercar events. Um, you know, and uh, and to be honest, you know, I was actually quite um, impressed, to be honest, with how the previous Speed Series round went at Queensland Raceway as well. Um, sure. I thought they did a great job there. The show there was good, and I think we did speak about it. So, mm. yes and no. I mean, obviously, we are owned by ARG, Um but I think, you know, with what they've done with, um, you know, Queensland Raceway there with the Speed Series, that was, a, that was a great success. There was a lot of people there. The event was fantastic. You know, even the, even the coverage was good. Um, so, you know, I, everyone wants to be on the supercars calendar. I get that. But it is so expensive to be on the supercars calendar. So uh, I think with, with what we're doing this year, with a part calendar with ARG and a part with, uh, supercars, you know, that, that works well. And we've just got to, you know, we've, we've got to crawl before we can walk and see what happens in the next few years. Right. Interesting. It, did, there it, you go. it was a damn good crowd at Tail and Bend, which was good to see yeah. because, you know, it's not exactly the easiest track to get out to. And uh, was it a good crowd? I mean, I, I don't know. I looked at it, Stevie J. Uh, I, I couldn't see much of a crowd, but it is such an expansive track. But was it a good crowd? It was a good crowd. It's such a big place. And there was a lot of people walking around the paddock, um, but everything was easily accessible because there is so much space here. Um, once you did get everybody converging into one spot, i.e. the supercars podium, you realise just how many people were around. Um, and and also, you know, you look around the track, it's such a big joint, you know, we're talking five kilometres long and we're only doing half of it or two-thirds of it. Um, the cars that were spread out, around the track um, were pretty much everywhere. And, um, you know, I guess if you can condense all of that into whether it be a Queensland Raceway or, or a Winton, you would see a huge crowd, you know. So I, I guess mm. from perception, it doesn't look like there's a lot there, but to cover the amount of square metres I've got on ground here in people that looks like you're at a ACDC concert, you would have to have half a million people here. Right. How is getting out of the circuit at night? Pretty good? <laughs> I don't know, mate, because I stayed at the track. Oh, did you have a palatial suite at, at uh, the mansion Shaheen? Mate, I moved from the caravan park straight to the track uh, because obviously that's uh, it goes from my budget, right, to uh, to the Porsche budget, and then the Porsche budget puts us up at the at the, the Shaheen residence, not in the not in the. Uh, uh, not in the presidential suite or anything, but, you know, it's okay. Right. Not too bad. I've got a really good view of the car park. <laughs> there you go. 
Yeah. There you go. Righto. Well, as we talk about supercars, let's get into the power rankings because we'll do our three, two, ones. Now, at the moment, Will Brown uh, sits comfortably on top with 18 votes. 13 votes in P2 is Brody Kostecki. Up three votes from the last round is Shane Van Gisbergen in, into P3 with 10 votes. Jack LeBrock, P4 on nine votes. And then there's a proceeding afterwards. But uh, we'll start off with you, Matty. Who impressed you with your three, two, ones? I'm going to first one, I'm going to do uh, Mozzie. I'm going to give Mozzie one uh, one point for his efforts across the weekend. Had one of the, although there was a bit of a technical issue with the starting procedure and all that sort of stuff, he did have one of the best starts I have ever seen, as did his co-driver, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Perkett. But I just thought Mozzie, apart from the last race where he dropped back, um, I thought he, I thought he just did great work all weekend. Had a couple of podiums and and uh, I, I, yeah, I just think for that car and that team right now, I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, how can you not give Tommy Randall two points? Oh, he's stellar. got his couple of first couple of podiums. Uh, he's been good there. He was good there last year in the old Mustang as well, uh, right up until the thing got turned into a sardine can. Um, but he's got he's got a it's a very European style circuit. Tommy did a lot of his junior driving overseas in European style circuits. So I think it's a circuit that suits him. It was great to have a Mustang up there. Not sure parody's right just yet because it is a very low deg type circuit and that suited the cars uh, the mustangs at the moment who are renowned for burning their tires off but he raced really well and you know he was he was hassling Brody Kostecki a lot of it but you have to go three points for mine for Brody flying in from overseas over the week uh, the week before with his NASCAR ride um leading the championship, consolidating that lead, losing a teammate in Will Brown. A lot of distractions there. And I just thought that was a – I know it sounds sort of – A real uh, head-down bum-up. Clichéd. It was, a, it was a champion's drive on the weekend, I thought. Um, a lot of pressure on the kid at the moment, and he's absolutely brained them. So, yeah, I, I give three to Brody, and I thought that was a stellar weekend for him. What and do you not reckon, so Stevie? good for Will Brown. That was a shocker. Uh, yeah, Will Brown. That was that was terrible. That was, one for Will Brown, wasn't it? I mean, you yeah. probably couldn't have worse of asked for a worse weekend, especially no. after the one that he came off uh, Townsville with, where everyone thought, okay, he's maybe now got the upper hand on Brody. Uh, now going to um, obviously big news with him moving to Triple Eight and then having an absolute shocker weekend. So um, that was uh, that was interesting to see, but. Um, Hey, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give uh, one point to Matty Payne. I thought oh, yeah. Matty Payne did yeah. an absolutely stellar job on the weekend. You know, well up inside the top ten. I think qualified P four on the the final race on the Sunday. Yeah, raced good. up there. Um, I think there was only one race out of the three that Davy Reynolds got the better of him. Um, and I just think that he's just starting to just tick away and and, and get the results that the the Grove team need and are expecting from from that you know youngster who's got plenty of talent. So I think Matty Payne's done a great job. One point. Um, I'm actually going to give two points to Brody Kostecki because mm. we sort of expect that from the championship leader. And um, uh, you know I think same again, class of his own, qualifying amazing, basically topped almost every session bar you know or, or every qualifying race bar one. Um, which brings me to the point of uh, that person who took one off him, one pole position was Tommy Randall, and I'm going to give him three points because an absolutely super weekend for Tom. He drove really well. He drove like he has been driving up the front for years. He raced well. They respected him. He respected them. Um, and I just think that that's super for him. 
had a good chat with him over the weekend, and um, you know, yeah, it's. Uh, I think those results couldn't have come at a better time with all the uh, all the talk about Tickford and, and what's happening there. So um, I've got a feeling that um, the Tickford team next year is going to be Cam Waters and Tommy Randall, if you ask me. Oh, I think it has to be Stevie J. I, I genuinely, um, I, I genuinely don't know how it can't be. How, I mean, because you want the Cashel's great backing, Monster's great backing, but even without I, the backing, like out of those four drivers, if you want oh, the strongest two, yeah, no yep. disrespect to to Decker and uh, JC, but like, yep. that's the that's you, your you best got a future. Yeah, you got a future because there is a thought you would have thought Nimsy that that Waters will probably blaze off into the sunset at some stage. Um, somewhere else, whether that be NASCAR or some other team. So I, I think if they can, not unlike they had with Mozzie and not unlike they have with uh, Waters, uh, Tickford can put all of their eggs into the Randall basket moving forward. And I think, you know, that's a, that's a good relationship moving forward. It's actually one of the things that I am somewhat looking forward to next year is to see how Tickford do going to a two-car team. I really am. Mm. Very much so. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic there. And, and I'm actually, you know, I think we spoke about it last week, Nimsy, and, and touched on it with you on the phone, Matty, that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens uh, with those other two, I, I guess, with, with Tickford dropping down to a two-car squad, you know, obviously with BRT, Blanchard Racing Team, tainted to be going to a two-car team, where I think Courtney will probably take the Snowy River Caravan's money. Um, and, you know, obviously teaming up with Toddy Hazelwood. So, uh, and then wondering where that other single one's going to go and, and who the, the secret uh, interested party is in for that. So it's going to be well, very interesting. I, so a couple of things on that, Stevie J. Uh, I'm not so sure that Courtney is a lock at, uh, at Blanchard's, and we just talked about it with AVL. I don't know why you'd go there. The, the joint right now is a bit of a yeah. graveyard. But it's in its early. It's in the early stages of its its life. So it right now it's trying yeah. to find its own feet, and I get all of that. I don't know why you would go there. Um, secondly, no, Tom I mean, Hazelwood. You go to MSR. I think you would go to MSR. That you know, oh. as a priority over over the Blanchard team yeah. at the moment. Yeah, um, uh, so but I, I believe Toddy's gone. There. I believe yeah. Toddler's gone. And yeah, right. I, and yeah, I uh, yeah, I've heard from a number of people now that. Um, lovely bloke, right? There is nothing wrong with Todd, and I don't think he's upset anyone at, at Blanchard's either, but the con- the consistent feedback I get is he's not fast enough. Yeah. So, uh, which is going to be sad because no one works harder in this sport than Todd Hazelwood to get a drive and to keep a drive. But uh, I do believe he's uh, he's been gone. He's been uh, given the tier one, or he's going to be let go, or the end of his contract is not going to be renewed. So, yeah. you know, do you, uh, and from the, here's my thing with the Shein thing, given that you're at uh, Shell V Power Motorsport Park. Uh, and they don't sponsor the show, by the way. We just do that. Um, uh, there was talk, we touched on it last week, and it was in the media that the Shehins were trying to, or were looking at buying the Supercars Championship, yet everyone that I speak to, there is not one person that says that's for real. But there is – how about this for a bit of – not goss because it's not goss, but this is just crystal ball stuff. In this industry, Stevie J, as you well know, where there's smoke, there's often fire. So if you have got a massive racetrack that seems to nev- be on the never-ending roundabout of – uh, will they come? Will supercars come next year? Will they not? 
if you've got if you've just sold your business for one point three billion dollars, so you've got some wedge in the back pocket, and there's a wreck floating around. One of the best ways to make sure that the supercar circus keeps coming back to your track is maybe to buy a team instead of the championship. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Interesting. that's very left field. Uh, hey, uh, well, hey it, <laughs> you do back now. It is totally left left field, and there is no validity to it whatsoever. I'm just saying, if you can't buy the whole thing, maybe you can buy yourself a team and run a team, run it out of South Australia. I don't know. But the, where there's smoke, there's often fire. But I can't find anyone that's, as I say, backing up the fact that the Shehins are about to buy a supercar. Well, you know what they say, Matty, if you can't beat them, buy them. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. Correct. So, yeah, wouldn't that be interesting? We'll have to that, – that was completely – there is nothing to that. I am just surmising amongst uh, our, uh, our listeners and our, our three monkeys about, you know, as I say, 1.3 wedge in the back pocket. Got a cool track. Why wouldn't you do it? Anyway. We'll have to wait and see. It, it, it's definitely though, like everyone's getting the old because I was sort of thinking too. Like there's it, it there's just so much unknown for twenty twenty four. Yeah, it's a shame that twenty twenty three is a little bit. Uh, how do I put it? I'm bored, brother. Um, but uh, we'll get into that <laughs> a little bit later on. But Stevie, we'll let you go, man, because obviously you want to get back to the wonders that is Tail and Bend. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> you know the wonders that are Tail and Bend. The wonders are Tail and Bend. I can tell you, what, there's not too many wonders on here. That's for sure. That's uh, you can get especially when you look out. You look out to, uh, to the east. You know, which is the way that you look from the hotel out over the yeah. track. Yeah. Um, and it looks pretty much like I think I possibly saw camels earlier today out there. <laughs> it's pretty flat out there, isn't it? Damien Reynolds famously oh, Damien Reynolds famously called it uh, you know, it's like being in the mummy. <laughs> well, that's right. Back in the day. Before they put the grass down and the wind flew up and it was all the dust and the dirt and the sand, it was like being on the set of the mummy. That was very funny. Well the very, wind is, very the wind is still around, but um, the place is looking amazing now with uh, with the grass and uh, um, everything that's it's obviously been been growing over the last few years it does look amazing it's it's definitely give it more character the trees on the way in on the road are growing like so it's starting to develop and it's starting to look pretty cool and it's a it's an absolute world-class facility and uh, i can't wait to see the growth of it the dragway oh guys the dragway i know you, you guys are talking about drags later but yes um, man that dragway is amazing here i cannot wait to come and watch a drag meeting here it looks phenomenal i can't wait to see how this whole place has developed in 10 years time it's going to be just crazy crazy cool yeah it's there you gonna go be, it's going to be fantastic but uh at the moment you can get yourself the most shaken dog from the otr or uh, visit the hungry jacks <laughs> for the time being <laughs> jeez <laughs> mate no one's a bigger fan of that uh, of that uh, complex that i am Purely i believe opinion. so <laughs> I believe so. But uh, a Moe's shaken dog, right? Eh? That's very good. Or get yourself a sea mm. coffee from uh, the uh, the local OTR. But uh, anyway, do you pay? Do you pay for anything in your town, Nimsy? You're in Melbourne. Like, have you got memberships to all of the things that you drop here? So you go in right now and you'll get a a uh, what is it? A shake and a dog from from somewhere and a from coffee OTR. from somewhere. 
Hey, they're, like, they're, 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 you know, you know, they're a proud South Australian brand. <laughs> with over, they're a first to Nimsy's job. Put it that way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if going to Tail and Bend for a cheap hot dog is one of them, they'll <laughs> happily take it. <laughs> hey, we've just got a text message in from Frank saying, "Maddie, it's called spitballing and having a wild ass guess." Yes, Frank, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly what that was. It was a total spitball. <laughs> but um. Oh, geez, Louise, they are, they are, the, these texts are coming in pretty thick and fast here. But, Stevie, we'll let you go, bro, because, uh, well, obviously, we've got a hell of a lot of texts we've got to get to. I've got to get a soapbox out for Maddie in just a moment. Oh, no, it's not a soapbox. No, 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 no not a soapbox. Well, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a regulation <laughs> podium. Yeah, well, um, yeah, we'll like, talk like about it when we that, come back. Like those ones that you have at, uh, at like, you know, those uh, award ceremonies or business awards. <laughs> And, and, and you can tell, fellas, that uh, that I was very prepared for this interview because uh, I've been sitting here sweating bullets because I've got 2% left on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, AVL didn't even think that you'd make, you'd make the connection because apparently, uh, uh, apparently the, 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 the services out there are fairly average. <laughs> no, that's correct. So that's why exactly and, uh, you, can, you can probably picture this, mate. I've actually got my phone in a specific position. I'm standing on my head with my feet up against the wall at the moment to get to reception. <laughs> and Just re- as long as you've got clothes on, mate, I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has, get, he has to get the antenna out, but uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Short wave. On, on, on that note, <laughs> Maddie, Maddie, should I point out to that H is listening tonight as well? She's texted in. So she, oh, my wife has actually tested in, yeah. texted because I do tease Mrs. Mac about not listening to the show anymore. And she's in your town, Nimsy. She's down in Melbourne on business, and as she's texted in saying, "See, I do listen to the show. Miss you, babe. Love you, Mrs. Mac. And thank and, you with with heart emojis and stuff. And right oh. now, we're not giving her any. Uh, like she no. probably thinks all we do is get in the studio on a Wednesday night and talk <laughs> shit, and we've practically demonstrated that. She lives with me, mate. She knows all. I do is <laughs> stand around and talk shit. So, yeah, uh, ball ball dish. All right, Steve, we'll let you get to a charger, bro, and uh, we'll see you in the studio yep. next week. One percent. Thanks, boys. There you are. Stevie J joining us on the driver's seat. We're going to take a quick pause for the course here, and we'll be back. We'll actually, on the topic of drags, we will quickly run through that, and then we will get to a, a state of the sport. Should we call it that? Uh, it's in my opinion on the sport, Nimsy. It's an open letter to supercars and motorsport Australia. Yep. Stick, stick around. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Text in 0433 is the number. Back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Welcome back to the show. It's great to have your company wherever you're listening around the planet. Uh, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And as always, the National Drag Racing Championship has 11 rounds across 2023. You can head to nationaldragracing.com.au to find out more. Before I do get into um, last weekend's results at the Aeroflow National Sportsman's Championship, uh, it'd be remiss of me to uh, not mention that there's a little bit of sadness because uh, mm. uh, an Australian drag racing icon uh, is is sadly no longer with us and the community is in passing because uh, a, a Queensland legend, a patriarch of the Reid family dynasty, Jim Reid, 
has passed away at the age of 86 now. He was a co-founder of the Queensland Drag Racing Association and a driving force behind the creation of the pro alcohol category. And he first got involved in the sport at the age of 13. Like, that's incredible. Crazy. Um, yeah, massive, massive lineage and massive, massive part of the sport. You know, not not unlike uh, a Dick Johnson or a Peter Brock in flat track racing. Uh, it, yeah, very sad time for drag racing and... Certainly for the Reed family, he's left a massive legacy, as you say, Nimsy, and, and he'll be sadly missed. But what a great innings, 86 championships and just, uh, from all accounts, an extraordinary family man, which was great. In 1966, he actually uh, competed in the Dragfest USA Tour as well, which also included mm. the opening meeting of the Surface Paradise at the National Dragway. But uh, uh, he's, he's survived by his wife, Nelma, his daughter, Kerry, daughter-in-law, Debbie, as well as his grandchildren, who have all raced as part of the yeah. Reed Racing team. So, uh, and his son, his son Steve, Steve he's still racing today. Yeah. Yep. So, um, very sad. So, vale um, to the Reed family there in the drag racing community. But um, as I mentioned last weekend, the Aeroflow National Sportsman Championship was underway at Springmount Raceway for the first Eastern Conference event of the National Drag Racing Championship. It's actually kind of cool that they've all come under one banner here. But um, if Sportsman competitors looking to secure points in the NDRC title chase will now head to Mildura's Sunset Strip for the Sunset Nationals. Now, that's part of the Western Conference on September 16th and 17th before the next round at... Uh, this is in Queensland, so you're going to have to help me out here. Is it Benabi? Benabi? I don't know. Benabi Dragway. Text in if someone uh, don't know. can help us out. If you're a drag being not, not being a drag racing person, I'm not. I'm not being disrespectful. I actually don't know. Yeah, I, I know Willowbank and I know Morgan Park, but I yeah, I don't know that one. Well, Springmount is very. It's like it's far north Queensland. Like it's even it's like past Townsville way. So uh, if okay, so it's a north Queensland. Yep, you know what? Probably. This call Tommy in Toowoomba. If you are aware of where well, this to, is, to, to, Tommy's Toowoomba is not exactly far north Queensland. That's far west, not even far west. It's an hour out of Brisbane, hour and a half. So, west. Tommy's pretty switched <laughs> on when he comes. Oh, you can help me out here. <laughs> um, but yes, that will be... Anyone from north Queensland, let us know. That'll be part of the Eastern <laughs> Conference on October 7th. But uh, the National Drag Racing Championships, you can head to nationaldragracing.com.au to find out more. Entries and tickets are on sale now for both the Sunset Strip and the uh, Eastern Conference at Benabi Dragway. I'm going to find out how to say that. I'll call someone. Wait, the NDRC. What are we going to have to do? We're going to have to... Uh, Get Chad Nalon on the phone. That's we're going to have to Google it, mate. Yeah. That's what we're going to have to do. <laughs> well, I should have done that one. Google it, mate. Yeah, he's a Queenslander I tried, now. I was trying to... I was like fully like handballing that to the... What are we going to do, Nip? But you just, you know... He's... Uh, well, it threw me off anyway. because Damien Hardwick, now a Queenslander, and he coached the Gold Coast. He is. Son. He is, yes. But uh, amazing look, how amazing how it only took nine weeks for him to not be burnt out anymore, mm. and then sign a six year deal. Anyway, we welcome you. Welcome to the family, and, and to move up to Dimmer. the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. Funny that. Welcome, Dimmer. Uh, hopefully, he, hopefully he'll, he'll get his three pass, three park super pass, and uh, tickets wow. to Ripley's. Believe it or not, and he's pretty confident about winning a. Uh, a flag, from what I could see in his opening remarks. He certainly is. Pretty confident of the young man, but we'll but, see. But look, uh, if you if you just tuned in, no, you haven't got into the other no. 22 hours of no. uh, footy talk on SEN. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more of the driver's seat right after this. <laughs> this is the driver's seat for Kubota. 
Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Hey, thanks so much, everyone, for getting involved with the show this week. Tons of messages always come through, and we always love it too. You can reach us uh, via our socials at Drivers Seat Show on Instagram, on the Facebook as well, um, or you could text in oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is our number. Keep your text messages coming in, and we will touch on um, a couple of uh, New Zealand news in uh, in a moment or so. And this <laughs> is from uh, Tommy in Toowoomba. I knew we could, knew he could help me out here. Names uh, it's pronounced Benarabi. It's about thirty k's from Gladstone, which is classed as central Queensland. So thank you, Tommy. Yes. I should know Greg, that. Uh, Ralph, Ralphie also sent that into us as well. I really should know that, considering the fact that my partner is from Townsville. So, but uh... there you go. Well, that's central Queensland, not north Queensland, which um, is where the Ville is. <laughs> Here's another one too. Hi, Andrew here from Adelaide. Fun fact I heard today: Aaron the V8 sleuth had a Stevie J record that hasn't been beaten yet. Stevie J holds the record for most 11th place finishes in supercars history. <laughs> there you go. There's a record for mediocrity. That go. is gross. Um, another <laughs> Thanks, one, Andrew. Another one from the big G. Even gents, if you guys start talking about South Sydney, now after mentioning Damien Hardwick, I'm out of here. Don't worry. Hey. Don't worry, big G. Don't worry. We, that's not going to happen, big G. We will not be doing that. We will absolutely no. not be doing that. Uh, one again from Tommy Toowoomba talking about Stevie Scoops. What happened, Maddie, when you were in NZ last week and gave us nothing? Considering recent well, announcements of supercars, well, you, you got a, Tommy. If you jump on our Instagram, you could have yeah. seen the little walkthrough that. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I did go there, and and beyond. <laughs> unfortunately, no, I was not there to sign Richie Stanaway to uh, the Grove <laughs> Racing Team, and I was not there to get supercars across the line at Topol. I just happened to be staying just around the corner from the circuit. Uh, went away for my fiftieth birthday, and um, thought Miss. I, I thought I'd brave it, and I said to Mrs. Mac, "Hey, why don't we just go for a ten minute drive up the road and have a look at this supposed circuit that we're uh, we're meant to be coming to for twenty three? And what a grouse little circuit! I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Great town. Um, uh, uh, TQ Tony Quinn will put on a good show, no doubt. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a win for New Zealand. It's a win for supercars. So. Uh, and toe paw, toe paw. Just imagine your big toe and your dog's paw. Mm. Toe paw. It's not Taupo anymore. Uh, we'll hear from uh, what TQ joined uh, afternoons with Steffi on uh, SENZ uh, to talk about it. So we'll hear cool. a little bit of what he had to say uh, on our sister station across the Dutch. Um, uh, Costa <laughs> and Kilo has texted in. It's great to see Triple Eight are allowed to pick when and how they get penalised for unsafe release of '97. One of the most dangerous things I've seen in a long time. Oh, Costa. Mm. Couldn't couldn't agree more there. In fact, I'm about to read out a letter yeah. with that kind of stuff. Um, Costa's even, uh, even texting with uh, Randall drove really well, but Brody was just playing with the Mustangs. I think you're right there, Costa. He sort of, it was the, it was literally like, you know, uh, in the schoolyard, hand on a head while they're throwing punches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, yeah. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see when we get to Sandown. On you know, a typically there's there's usually a bit of tide deck at Sandown, and the the surface isn't in great nick either, and it's pretty slippery. Is to see what happens uh, with Matt, the tires on the Mustangs. Maddie in Freeman's Reach texted in, "Hey legends, with all the silly season moves, has there been any word on sponsorship moving with drivers? E.g. Davy and Penwright, Jack and Truck Assist, JC and Snow River. Yep. Um, is it similar to Crispy uh, and his little friends? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I um, that's a great question, Maddie. I can say to you that I do believe." 
that Truck Assist is going to WAU for next year. I think that's not being confirmed, but I think that's probably a bit of a, a, an open pit lane understanding on that one. Um, no one is actually really clear about the Snow River Caravans thing and JC, whether whether that's a, a really good deal, the sort of thing that, that I have with Kubota, which is so hard to have, right, this wonderful personal relationship with a partner. Um, uh, I, so I don't know whether that's – connected to him it's a caravan company you'd have to be pretty big like jayco would be one of the biggest in the world correct and they don't sponsor anything and and so i yeah i don't know we'll have to wait and see on that one and it's the same thing with crispy and coca-cola they love it they just love him and they love they love him and their brand together so uh although i did hear crispy say that this could be his last Porsche Carrera Cup round at Taylor Bend because he was only funded for four, but um, hopefully he's going to be able to try and grab uh, the remaining rounds to stay in the championship. So hopefully Coke will be able to do that. Yeah, hopefully they can share a Coke with um, uh, Crispy. Um, Indeed. Uh, good evening, boys. With the event at the Bend only running on Saturday and Sunday, would having the teams run a test day on the Friday be a smart idea so they reduce the costs of test day? Uh, That's yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah, 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 Hados. Um, yep, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not a bad idea. Um, it doesn't change necessarily the teams. They'd all have to get down there and set up and all do all that kind of stuff. The reality is you can sell tickets if you open it up on Friday. Um, so at a test day, you're probably not going to sell tickets. But um, I did. I do know that they ran around on Monday, did a lot of testing on the Monday, actually, while they were down there, a lot of tyre testing. And uh, the Fords did a lot more work on parity. So um, there was no driver testing. But there was certainly uh, there were certainly other bits and pieces and steering rack testing mm. um, by Triple Eight. I understand. You got to love that. Uh, I've got a conspiracy theory on that. I'll talk to you about that <laughs> a little bit later. But I do. Um, uh, Matty Dees texted in. Looking forward to the return of the Sandown Five Hundred. Sitting down at Dandenong Road with a cold can in hand. Bring it on. I'm also looking forward to that one too, Matty. Yeah, that's uh, cool. I'm jealous. I do love Sandown. I won't be there this year, but um, yeah, that'll be cool. Two quick ones uh, before we take a break. And uh, because we've got a rather large text, which I want to read out uh, after a break from Brad in Perth. But this quick fire one from Mark in Sydney. Great show as always tonight. Two questions, if I may. One, would Stevie J freak out a lot if there's no Maccas near Shell V-Power Motorsport Park? If he <laughs> well, wants there to isn't. grab a McFlurry at two in the a.m. <laughs> I said there is a Hungry Jacks, but... Uh, there is a Jacks, yes. Mm. But yeah, it's not but quite a not McFlurry. A, it's not good. Oh, no. And we've seen Steve with the McFlurry as well. He has... Well, I have Cat like reactions I've, from Stevie J. I've seen plenty of empty McFlurry cups. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, I've never seen him. He just consumes it before he gets to the studio. And and here's an never issue. brings me one any either selfish prick. <laughs> he probably does. He, he probably does buy two, but one's finished from the trip. <laughs> he's gonna hate me saying that, but thankfully, oh, yes. thankfully, but he's not here, so who cares? And his phone's on uh, off, so mm, it'll be yeah, at least yeah. tomorrow morning before he yeah, hears this. Absolutely. Uh, also, two SVG as a supercars driver has done rally driving, but is there any rally drivers who've ever raced in the supercar series? Mm, the only person that I would say domestically is Peter Bates. Purvis? No, Bates. Uh, Neil Bates. He drove – He did. I think he did about nine Bathurst 1000s. Internationally, no, I don't think so. Even when we did the international drivers uh, at the Gold Coast, they all tended to be uh, flat track drivers, not rally drivers. So, But certainly Neil Bates did a ton of uh, Bathurst 1000s mm. now, with Glenn Seaton Racing and Larkham and – I think Larkham and a few others. Now, 
we wanted to do an open letter to the sport. And I can tell you right yeah. now, you're not the only person that wants to do that. Uh, that because... text is unbelievable. Mm. So, mm. Braden Perth, I will give you your voice because Maddie shares a lot of what you have to say too, mate. So, yeah. we'll take a quick yeah. break and be back with more of the driver's seat. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can do so. Please text in 0433981116. That is why we do it every single week for you. So, back with more <laughs> right after this. Just saw that big G's email. I, haven't, I didn't see that one yet. Oh, it's a cracker. We'll read that after the break. All right. <laughs> Back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. We've got a flurry of text messages coming in today, uh, which I will address in just a moment. But this is one that came all the way from the Wild West from Bradley in Perth. So thanks for texting in, Brad. Uh, hey, Legends. Done well to grab AVL on his first day of leave. I've so many emotions about our beloved supercars. Don't really know where to start. Firstly, if I'm choosing a MotoGP catch-up over a supercar, firstly, I am choosing a MotoGP catch-up over a supercar's race I've missed. Previously, I would have pushed over a granny to make sure I watched. Something simple outside of the racing has also bugged me of recent times is the way the driver reels have gone down. Seems like the teams that the departing drivers are leaving are forcing an early announcement rather than leaving a bit of suspense for us average Joes. Think Brock Feeney's Triple Eight reveal, which was actually done really well. Brad makes mm. a good point. Now, I know Shane's move has forced this, but it really does take some theatre away. It's like when a driver gets out of the car and states, I was just managing the gap. While I know this is true, it'd be nice to think the car behind actually has a chance of passing. Whilst I definitely want genuine racing before theatre, it is an entertainment sport and I want to be entertained. Cheers, Brad and Perth. P.S. It was good to see some side-by-side action on the weekend and great to see some Mustangs up and about. And I'm a GM fan. Well, that couldn't be a more apt text to receive. Last week I was in New Zealand and in a position where I didn't really have a lot of access to uh, social media and other bits and pieces. I then came back to Australia I um, watched a little bit of supercars, read some um, online stuff and was compelled to write this letter. We get serious for just a moment. It's not often happens on the driver's seat, but we are going to get serious for just a second. Dear Supercars and Motorsport Australia, I read this letter not as a media pundit and not as a driver, but purely as a fan of a sport I have loved my entire life. From waking up at crazy early on Bathurst Sunday morning to watch my heroes Brock, Johnson and Richards tackle the mountain, to braving the icy winds at Sandown, the driving rains at Winton and the long drive home from Phillip Island. Motorsport and in particular supercars has and always will be my first love outside my family and friends. And so it worries me that my attitude towards supercars has gone from love to anger to disillusionment to the most scary of emotions, ambivalence. And I'm afraid that the very essence of what makes our sport so special is slipping through our fingers. Motorsport and supercars has long been a symbol of competition, a theatre where the best drivers and teams showcase their extraordinary skills with daring manoeuvres and a sheer will to win. However, I feel in recent years the true spirit of competition seems to be waning overshadowed by the suffocating weight of over-regulation and unreasonable expectations on our teams and drivers to adhere to a standardised norm. As the regulations have tightened, the individuality that made our drivers legendary is fading away, leaving us yearning for those unforgettable moments of Scaife, Ingle, 
Ambrose and Murphy, and characters like Morris, Kelly, Tanda, and the list goes on. I implore you to consider the unintended consequences of excessive political correctness and overregulation on sports entertainment. Remember that sports is a reflection of life's complexities, and embracing imperfections and genuine emotions is what makes our drivers relatable. But we also want them to be superheroes, to be looked up to as those immortals that can do the impossible on the track. Motorsport is deeply woven into the cultural fabric of Australia. Ford and Holden, now Chev, the Red, the Blue, the Tribes. Passionate communities form around our teams, drivers and events. Overregulation detracts from the sport's excitement and heroics and risks alienating those long-time fans and fails to capture the interest of the new generations. A decline in fan engagement not only affects the sport's economic viability, but also diminishes its cultural impact and contribution to society. Striking a balance between necessary regulation and the preservation of the sport's core values is essential to ensure Supercars continues to captivate its audience and inspire generations of fans and even to inspire a rain-soaked kid from Melbourne to one day put a helmet on, jump behind the wheel of a race car and try to be the next SVG, Brown, Kostecki or Mostert. Let us not forget that fans are the lifeblood of motorsport. We, the spectators, invest our time, our emotion and our passion into the sport. We thrive on excitement, the drama, the sheer spectacles that supercars can provide. But as the entertainment value dwindles due to the overregulation, I find myself disheartened. The allure of the unexpected has been replaced by a predictability that drains the thrill of the races. As a result, I'm left to wonder, is the sport I once loved slipping into mediocrity? Well, I'll tell you what. Well, well, I think we, from looking at our texts that are coming in, we'll need a bit to uh, digest there. But uh, Rob the Ranger in Camden has said a couple of things. Bradley from Perth, nailed it, agreed. Matty Mack, well said and has to be said. So, um, look, give us yeah. your thoughts because this is an open forum here. Mm. 0433981116 is the number if you'd like to get in touch. And uh, we'll unpack that because I think it needs to be unpacked a little bit more. But we'll do that next, right here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. So regular listeners to the driver's seat know I like to uh, play this a lot. Keep your text messages coming in. And I can tell you right now, <laughs> woo, you have been letting them come in. 0433 98 11 16 is the number if you'd like to get in touch. For all those first-time texters, pop your name on the end of it because I don't want to read out your yeah. phone number across, uh, across Australia. Um, but I would like to give you credit because we have got a lot of people, Maddie. That have gone. Oh, you know what? I'm. I'm just going to read the text that come in. Uh, you do from Roger and Ballarat. Hi guys. In my opinion, supercars are not worth watching anymore. I've lost interest in the category. Too predictable. Poor parody. Lack of excitement has meant me and my mates can only catch up once a year to watch Bathurst when it used to be every round without fail. That's from Roger in Ballarat. Oh, Roger's new, I reckon. Welcome yep. to the family, Rog. Good uh, on you. Greg and Upper Maddie, unfortunately, you've hit the elephant in the room square between the eyes. The more you try and regulate it, the more plastic it becomes. I too have become ambivalent about watching supercars. I'm almost over. 
over it. Uh, Kimbo in Bayswater, very well written, Maddie, and 100% agree. Um, another one that's, that's come in too. Uh, Zach in Canberra, you raise plenty of valid points, Maddie, and conveyed it in a beautiful manner. Thank you. Uh, do you think perception will change if we get an epic Bathurst and or title decider in Adelaide, or do you think there's more that needs to be done before we get more eyeballs back on our sport? There's so much that needs to be done, mm. uh, both on track, off track. Uh, I, you know, I, as as Craig uh, and Grand Daniel once said to me, "Don't tell me the don't tell me how the watch works. Just tell me the time." Mm. Um, and I just think there is so much to be done that I I, I hope they're looking inward. Um, and they've got a lot of work to do, I think, to bring the entertainment value back. I didn't just put supercars square in the eyeballs there. I also said Motorsport Australia because I think they're they're also part of the issue, or mm. at least part. They, and, and, but they could be part of the solution, both of them. And I just, anyway, you know what I feel there. So um, um, we'll see what happens. I hope so. I really hope so. Brad in, uh, Brad in Perth said, Maddie, you couldn't agree more. Wish I had a soapbox, but you could sort that for me. <laughs> That's what we're here for. That is what we're I here for. I was going to grab it, but that wasn't a soapbox. That was more of a um, concern, I suppose. Here's another one from Rob the Ranger in Camden. Regarding Maddie Max's letter to Supercast, personally, I was the same growing up. You would love to get up at dawn to watch Bathurst all day. You would cancel family events just to ensure you could watch every race. That passion has dwindled, and that is not only sad, but scary. Many of us who remember the excitement of previous years still live on that passion, hoping it will mostly return. But as you correctly say, Maddie, the new generation coming through only see a pedestrian style over a pedestrian style overregulated train of vehicles doing laps. We hope and pray things improve. Uh, from Costa and Keela, that's the truest thing I've ever heard in this show. Couldn't agree with you more. My wife will happily sit and watch F1 with me and looks forward to it. But she refuses to watch supercars because she she sees how frustrated I get watching a parody based series, which always seems to have the balance fall one particular way. And yes, I'm a Ford fan. Uh, another one from Matty D. Glad I'm not the only one who's been thinking this way about the racing. I'm sick of race control dictating the flow of the races. Let them race. I think Cam Waters also summed it up too. What the f- <laughs> wrong with Ford? <laughs> <laughs> And and you know what? Um, not to justify what I've just read, but that was kind of all the start of it for me. Is that you know uh, SVG got the penalty for bumping Brown, um, and then uh, Barry went off his off his rocker and got done. And it was Cam Waters. And then over the weekend, when I saw a couple of bits and pieces, like you know when Reynolds went up the inside of Brock Feeney and got that penalty, I just thought this is just rubbish. That was a good pass. It. They actually could have gone around the corner side by side had Brock not gone hard to the right-hand side. I just, at some point, um, we just lose the entertainment value. And I've noticed in the last two rounds that the biggest entertainment value has been about swearing drivers, drivers having a crack at each other, and a couple of blokes having a race in NASCAR, which is really cool, but it's not our sport. It's not what we're doing here, and I just think we're losing it a little bit. So Brad's, not a little bit, a lot. So Brad's followed up with uh, with um, with another one too. It's a scary place to be, and I'm genuinely concerned. I know F1's all about managing ties and gaps, but somehow all the heroes that drive, the show that surrounds, still somehow make me stay up all hours watching. Then there's IndyCar. Where do I start? Unpredictable, oh. endless yep. overtakes, mixed yep. strategy, effing awesome racing, all this with ugly cars, NASCARs that never stop racing and zero rules but seem to produce fair racing. Cheers, Brad. It's called entertainment, Brad. Mm. And, that's, and that's what we pay our money to KO and Fox Sports. It's, it's what we pay our hard-earned in a very difficult economic 
re- uh, uh, stage at the moment to go to the racetracks, it's just difficult. And we're not being, I'm not, I feel that the entertainment value is dropping. Mm. And um, as I say, it's a combination of parity, over-regulation, drivers being novel. I mean, the best thing I saw from Tail and Ben was was uh, Crazy Barry having a meltdown at uh, at a journalist again. It was the best thing I saw all <laughs> weekend, and that's laughable, but it, I would rather be talking about grouse racing that we had on the you weekend. You can't keep just... doing that It's bullshit. <laughs> Um, he certainly told folks off, didn't he? Um, here's one too. Peter in wow. Winter Bay in SA says, Brad from Perth, you, sir, nailed it. And also, congratulations to Peter in Winter Bay. He won a prize uh, from our great mate, Toby McKinnon. Edition. Oh, and I'm joined by Joe. <laughs> um, of, the Tobler. Of, uh, we're listening to Trot's Life. So uh, good on you, Pete. I like that Pete mixes and matches between uh, yeah. between Trot's yeah, yeah. Life and here too. So he gets good all these racing Pete. fix. Thank you for that, Peter. And <laughs> another one too before we take a break because I do have to I do have to take a break. As in the words of Mark Fine, a break. And when we come back, another break. Uh, spot on, Maddie. <laughs> this is from a fellow diehard. So much needs to be done on track, off track, and the big wigs room. Start with you removing a certain big-nosed former driver from the TV and the boardroom. Tell you what, I'm just about over this shit. All right, we'll take a quick break. Back with more after this. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Uh, we've been jumping all over the show here at the moment. Um, earlier in the program, uh, Mark went and Mark and Sydney went and asked, "Has there been any rally drivers that drove supercars?" Now we didn't know off the top of our head, uh, Maddie. But I'll tell you what, mm. this is why I reckon we have the best audience, audience in yep. the world because uh, the big G jumped on board and said uh, Ed Ordinsky ro- drove supercars in 1995, and he very well did do that. Um, he did a couple of starts, and he actually got inducted into the V8 Supercars Hall of Fame in 2002. Uh, yep. So there you go. Uh, sorry, just, I'm, I'm reading uh, a different one. He actually, I've got too many windows open here. My apologies. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> one thing I will read, um, we were just talking about the rally stuff there. Hey, Vince from Mernda, we love your brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this was Vince's uh, text message. Carlos Saints won a World Rally Championship and is now driving in Formula One. Pretty good rally to circuit. Hey, Vince, it's Carlos Sainz Jr. Mate, it's the... It's the junior burger of the big man. Not go. the same. Same same name, same bloodline. One's about 60, one's about 25. <laughs> so I love where you're going there. But, yeah, that's the sum. Be interested to get <laughs> on uh, you, though, Vince. But, uh, as I was saying, sorry, Ed Ordinsky. Yes. Um, he actually he did. He drove uh, a Holden Commodore. Um, there you go. <laughs> By the mobile, 1995 or something? Yep, 95. Uh, came 10th in the 1995 Sandown 500 and a go. retirement in the 1995 Tui's 1000 at Bathurst in the VP there Commodore. There you go. So there you go. Uh, George Fury was another one who... Um, oh, good pickup. Yes. The Farmer George. Yep. 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 A couple yep. of Sandown 500s under his belt in the yep. Nissan. And, of course, Colin Bond. Oh, well, the original, the OG. Mm-hmm. Yes, but that's was that that's not really supercar land. That's he goes into touring car racing technically. But I hear what you mean. Hey, the OG, absolutely, Colin Bond, outstanding, unbelievable. Um, here's another one too. Sean has texted in for the first time too. So welcome aboard, Sean. Good on you, Sean. Thank welcome you. to the family. Thank you very much. Feel free to keep doing that every week. Hey boys, yeah. the only supercars racing I watch now is when I go to Perth and Bathurst on TV. I enjoy watching MotoGP more because anyone can win the race. 
Same with Indy. And that's what we want, right? Same as IndyCar. Um, uh, same as NASCAR. Uh, that's why it's the, – the bottom line is it's entertainment. And um, we just want to be entertained. Speaking of which – Rob the Ranger from Camden. Um, super Utes were awesome in Adelaide. Yes. Uh, that's the style of racing that we want. You, look, Rob, it's correct. I mean, I'm so proud of where Super Utes are at now, and and uh, uh, it's being run really well. You, what, they, you were tarred and feathered in the inaugural season. Well, I was, yeah. I got smashed up about it, but that's okay. I don't. I don't. No, no, no not <laughs> oh, just you, but I'm talking about yeah, the entire the whole, category. The whole category. Like, was yeah, just... yeah. But, man, they, like, you know, I think they had 18 or 19 cars on the weekend. Cam Creek and Ryle Harris and Dave Cedars. I mean, had a massive shunt. Race four got called off in the end um, for that. But can you imagine if we had super utes racing in supercars? Not necessarily, you know, driving through each other's door. Not race four. <laughs> but that is the style of entertainment and racing that we want. The Super Utes is now finally starting to emulate the success we had back in the day with V8 Utes, and I couldn't be more proud of them. Um, Steve White, Philip Agrana is just doing an outstanding job in category management and PR and media. Uh, the Cedars are doing a good job with technical, so a really good, great team there. Really proud of those guys. And, yes, that's the racing I want to see in Supercar. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, look, we'll take our final break and be back to wrap it all up. Uh, we do want to thank everyone that has... Uh, mm. I know, I know, I say it every week, but uh, this has been one of the big ones too. Especially when we're a man down, yeah, uh, it is nice to have you the a celebrity f- down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Where you and I are just two plonkers. The big, sh- the big shows in Adelaide. <laughs> Stevie Johnson having a couple of little adult beverages, enjoying the atmosphere. That's what he'd be doing. All right, we'll wrap it all up next here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota, together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Jesus, this week gone fast on the mm. driver's seat. Uh, a big thank you to everyone that has sent in messages uh, throughout the show. Remember, if you want to do it around the clock, you can do so on our social media at Driver's Seat Show. On the Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. But as always, 0433981116 is our number if you want to text in live. Keep your text messages coming in. Um, we had a question from Peter uh, who said, did Possum Bourne ever do touring cars? Now, he didn't race touring cars, but he certainly did test one. Um, he cut some laps with Gary Rogers. Um and I think in an old Garth Tander rocket uh, back in, I don't know, maybe 2002, <laughs> maybe, something like that. Uh, and we also know, we, we mentioned Neil Bates, obviously. Ed Oldinsky had a skid in Peter Brock's thing as well years and years ago. And a rally driver I'd completely forgotten about, Chris Atkinson, Atco, local Gold Coast boy here. He had a crack in uh, Russell Ingalls, super cheap auto-backed uh, uh, Paul Morris Commodore as well. At Queensland Raceway in 2011. So not race them, but certainly these these boys and girls. In fact, Molly, our mate Molly. Um, Molly uh, Taylor. She, Molly Taylor. She actually had a, um, a a secret test in a supercar as well at Winton. There you go. Um, mm. Also, before we put a bow on the show today, Vincent Mernder has texted in when we talk, we were talking about, you know, we, we gave supercars a bit of a clip, but um, then we, on the other hand, went and praised how well V8... Um, the V8 Super Utes have been. Yeah. And Vince yeah. has basically given us a great little great little bit of optimism. At least it shows you can turn a category around. So it's not there you all go. too late. 
if supercars can do what super utes have done, it will all be good in the hood moving forward. Indeedy. Uh, that wraps up the driver's seat for another week. A big thank you to Andrew Van Leeuwen for jumping on board the show. Stevie J Superstar. will be back in the studio, but we'll be back same time next week. Tell you what, I'm just about over this shit. We'll catch you then. <laughs>